Hello and welcome to Codish, an exploration of the lives of modern developers. Join us as we dive into topics like languages and frameworks, data and event-driven architectures, and individual and team productivity, all tailored to developers and engineering leaders. This episode is part of our Heroku in the Wild series. Hello and welcome to another episode of Codish. I'm developer advocate Chris Castle, and today we're going to chat about a one-day anxiety-fueled project to build something helpful for small businesses struggling during the pandemic. My guest is James Dong. Welcome, James. Can you share us a little bit about yourself? I am in San Francisco, and I own a gear shop called Last Minute Gear. We are the only outdoor gear shop where people can buy, rent, or borrow gear for camping, skiing, or climbing adventures, because our mission is to reduce waste and increase access to the outdoors. And last year, the pandemic shelter in place for San Francisco came on March 16th. And you know, even before then, being aware of what was going on in the world, it was very challenging. Um, I wasn't sleeping very well. And a few days after that, you know, I had this notion in my head, what if I built something to help small businesses sell gift cards? Because a lot of small businesses don't necessarily have gift card functionality, even if they have e-commerce functionality. So last minute gear, my business was actually a prime example. Um, We process all of our rental requests online, but we still didn't have ability to sell gift cards online. So I started building this thing for me, and then I realized that, you know what, I can actually help way more people with this because a lot of my friends are small business owners and didn't have this either. And even the ones that did, you know, at that time, early days in the pandemic, a a lot of the providers of gift card sales uh, software, a lot of traditional e-commerce platform providers, they weren't really offering any discounts or concessions. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make this 100% free with no processing fees of any kind. Can you explain why why are gift cards or why were gift cards an important or useful thing for small businesses during the pandemic? It's just a way to generate cash right away. I think a lot of small businesses don't have the luxury of having so much cash on hand to withstand however long the pandemic will take. Mm-hmm. And I say that because it's still going on. <laughs> yeah, right. So, you know, there's that. We just needed something to drive cash flow right away because for a lot of small businesses, especially ones that were completely shut during San Francisco's shelter-in-place order, uh, there was no way of generating revenue, none at all, right? So I have a lot of small business owners who own restaurants, who own fitness studios that are 100% shut down. Last Minute Gear is retail, and we were also 100% shut down for a little bit, but we've been yep. allowed to reopen at limited capacity for longer than people in many other industries, which is something that I'm very grateful for. But yeah, it's just okay. this notion that, you know, like there are payables that are due now. From the moment of shutdown, there are uh, accounts payable that you have to your vendor partners. There's rent due to your landlord. There's payroll that you have to pay to your staff. And where are you going to come up with the cash for this? Yeah. And it makes sense for customers or potential customers of those small businesses because it's like, oh, I I want to support my local economy. Exactly. I like this business or I want to be able to use this business in the future or buy things from them in the future. So it's kind of like a loan, I guess you could describe it as like, and maybe it is like on the balance sheet or in in the accounting software, but it's like, I'm going to pay you now and then I can use this later on when I 
want to buy some sporting equipment for some trip maybe I'm taking later on, or maybe you're not taking trips, but maybe I'm going on like a, a day hike or something later in the winter. Yep. It's exactly like that. It's a loan. It's also really good marketing um, because especially during early days in the pandemic, people, like you mentioned, wanted to support their local economy. And mm-hmm. so through selling gift cards, they often found out about businesses that they otherwise may not have been aware of. Yeah, actually, I think personally, I had that same experience. I was in Seattle at the time. And, um, uh, I remember getting a, an email from like my neighborhood community organization saying like, here's a bunch of restaurants, buy from them now, or you can buy gift cards um, from them now yeah. if you'd like to um, gift them to other people or even use them for yourself in the future. Um, yeah. But generally, like then the, the like foundational idea is, yeah, you're helping to support the, like you said, accounts payable the bills that the business has right now that they may be struggling with because of the reduced business they're, they're getting with walk-in customers. Right, right. And you bring up something really interesting because it's also true that you know around late March and early April, um, a lot of people had built really nice aggregator sites. Uh, yep. So these were websites that, like you mentioned for the one in Seattle, um, they were a landing page essentially that maybe had a map or a list of local businesses and then linked directly to that business's gift card sales platform. Yep. So often it was for restaurants. I saw some for other businesses as well. And the main way that gift cards for small businesses, the project that I built was a little bit different was that we were actually processing uh, the payments and the gift cards as well. Because again, it was for the businesses that didn't previously have that functionality And for a lot of small business owners, that early time was so overwhelming. (laughs) There wasn't really a way to say, okay, how do I do this for myself right now? You know, there are a million other things that you were concerned about. And and I'm grateful that as a developer, I could think about this and and get this out the door quickly. Yeah, makes sense. You had the Mm -hmm. technical understanding to be able to build something. Um, And so you said, yeah, it was the, the website is or was, depending on when you're listening to this, gift cards for smallbusinesses.com. Yeah. But for building this thing, can you talk a little bit about more about like, uh, I think you said you were filled with some anxiety or wasn't mm-hmm. weren't sleeping too well when like the, the stay at home order went. Did you just turn on your computer and be like, okay, I'm going to build this, this website and, and get it out there. At what point did the inspiration convert to being a developer, right? Building something and, and actually mm-hmm. like getting it live. It's interesting. I'm not sure if there was an actual point of conversion. You know, after a couple of days of not sleeping well, I, I just couldn't think of what to do. You know, it's yeah. weird because prior to the pandemic, I definitely had defined to-do lists and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And my mind was just very scrambled. And this was almost a way of putting some organization. It was sitting down at the computer saying, okay, There are a million things that I want to do, and I don't know why, but I'm having trouble focusing and prioritizing with the same expediency and logic that I previously would have. So let's just take one of those things and and just do it and just sit down and do it. And, you know, don't get up until you finish. Not literally, but, you know, just a way of putting order to those things. Because I I think, I don't know, and and Chris, we were talking about this and and you've done some issues in the past on mental health. Outwardly, I don't think there was any way to tell that I was anxious or that I was depressed except for the fact that my sleep patterns and my thought patterns were really disrupted. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was almost in that moment, kind of like self-help for me almost. It was like, how do I put order to the mess in my brain and give it some kind of direction and focus for right now? So like what, what made you decide to offer it to other businesses? 
Oh, that happened in a quick one-two step. So it wasn't that oh, I was okay. planning this platform for a while for myself, and then I decided to uh, do it for other businesses. It was very much my thought process was last minute gear needs to sell gift cards ASAP. We don't have a way of selling gift cards, and I can build it. And also, a lot of my friends who are small business owners don't have a way of selling gift cards. How do I do this all together for everybody? And then, how did you find other businesses that were interested in selling gift cards and and like get them? Um, incorporated or somehow integrated with gift cards for small businesses.com. So everyone on there right now is either a business that I know, like I'm friends with the owner, or I think um, I sent this to a few groups who were interested as well. And then they did some promotion for it. For me, I, I didn't do a ton of promotion. The emphasis around on this wasn't wasn't really around growth and virality, you know, like I, I wasn't, I wasn't looking yeah. for fame as a builder of gift card sales yeah, platforms. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah. it was more that whoever needed this get on as fast as you can so that you can be helped as fast as possible. As a developer or building it out, what was the, the process or kind of iteration cycle of, of actually building this thing? Yeah. You kind of described it as like not sleeping for a few nights. And then I sat down and built this thing. Was it a one day thing? Like, did you go through a couple, a couple different versions of it? How did you make technical decisions? Like, is it Python or Ruby or, mm-hmm. or node? And like, what frameworks did you use? So it was literally one day. And because it was literally one day, I took shortcuts on everything. And my decision making largely came down to what will take the least amount of time. <laughs> it was definitely a case where I remember thinking, I was like, okay, if I need a monkey patch something, I'm just going to do it. I, yeah. I don't think I needed to do anything because... Fortunately, we're, we're in this world where developing something quick and deploying it quickly has never, has never been easier, right? So yeah. I use as many libraries as possible. We used Stripe for the processing. Um, well, obviously, we use Heroku to deploy. Both are super yep. fast and really easy. And we were able to get sponsorship from both so that, again, there wouldn't be any fees of any kind associated with the site. And all 100% of whatever was sold would go directly to the business. So I guess there were technically two versions, if you think about it that way. There were two versions that I had deployed and sent out to other people. And the the only real difference between them is that it was super text-based. And my friend who I sent this to uh, was like, wow, that is super ugly. (laughs) (laughs) And it's one of those things where it's like, I I know, you know, and you can compare that screenshot with the current screenshot with the final version. And it's still not that pretty. You know, it's still yep. something where you would look at and you were like, wow, A, did a child do this? Uh, you know, possibly <laughs> yes, in my current mindset at that point. Um, yeah. And then B, you're thinking there's no way this is a professional service, right? Yeah. But I think what was important to realize is that I built this site for my friends, my customers, and the customers of my friends. So, especially during a pandemic, there's a lot of forgiveness there, right? Mm -hmm. My customers that have used Last Minute Gear before and are big fans of Last Minute Gear are going to trust because this comes from Last Minute Gear. The customers of a friend's business are going to trust this because it comes from their business. And that is who I was trying to support. I think the most important realization there is that, like, I again, I wasn't trying to make this like a startup or something, you know, I wasn't yeah. trying to build this into something. I wasn't trying to appeal to anyone and their mother off the street. It was yep. very much uh, a core group of people that already trusted, already believed in the businesses. And the emphasis again was on speed as quick as possible. Right. And so really between V1 and V2, all I did was I slapped on a couple more pictures. 
and I made a couple more colors, and and that and that was it. it yeah, it sounds like it had enough functionality such that like both a technical person maybe, but but a, a like non technical person could go in there and purchase a gift card for whatever business you know local local business they wanted to support. Right. It met the the basic bars that you had um, of like, hey, I want anybody to be able to go in here with a web browser with and and be able to buy something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and thank again, thankful for so many libraries that already have that. You know, like Stripe already has yeah. an, an integration that's really quick and simple. You just push the button, and that's. I think that's exactly what I used. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, that's like the power the power of of this like huge open source communities out there, and yeah, being able to. It almost seems like the the task of a developer these days is understanding how to glue things together. Obviously you got to think about like security and, and right. other, like, right. is this co- other person's code that I'm using secure or is it, is it adding risk in some way? But yeah, if you can glue things together, you have a pretty, you've become a pretty powerful builder. Oh, for sure. I joke with people about this all the time. You know, like my, my friends were developers and just like, yeah, what, what library is this? You know, and, and if it's not a library, like, can I ask a few questions on Stack Overflow and make it into a library? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Going back to the concept of like quick and scrappy mm-hmm. versus something much more kind of refined and built out, even create a business out of, out of this idea. Mm-hmm. Right. Did you think about like turning this into a business or making it something more, just much bigger or more complex than, than you went with? To be honest, in my anxiety riddled mind, I don't think I was aware. I, I don't think yeah. I could have had that level of higher dimensional yeah. thought process to be like, could this be a business in itself? But even if I'd asked that question, I honestly don't think the answer would have been yes, because selling gift cards alone is not a substantial feature that would be valuable yep. to businesses. You know, like you look at gift cards. And they are often features that already are present with a provider, like a payment service provider like Square, as like an yeah. add-on, right? So it's not enough as a standalone feature. I just had to build it this way because last minute gear, you know, we were an e-commerce uh, company that didn't already have this existing functionality. And yeah. I, I actually uh, was aware of a different organization that was taking a more well thought out methodical approach to building this. And I think they did have ambitions to potentially make this a platform uh, and a service offering for businesses even past the pandemic. And they started with a very, very large team of volunteers uh, doing everything, you know, quote unquote, the right way, right? Like having (laughs) meetings and having developers and leads and designers. Um, They got some press release, They even got a little bit of funding to do this. And actually it's last minute gear is listed uh, as a platform on them because again, my mentality was very much like, I just need money. So from, from wherever and whoever I will go ahead and list myself. Right. And, you know, honestly, I'm not sure if that platform ever really got off the ground and ever really launched and and made much sales. I I don't, I don't know because I'm not privy to that backend stuff. Right. Yeah. I think one of the things that was very subconsciously going through my mind and that in hindsight turned out to be absolutely accurate was that in the early days of the pandemic, there was this outpouring of support for small businesses. So there was this outpouring of, you know, how do we buy gift cards for people? How do we donate directly to Venmo accounts, to GoFundMe accounts? And I could see that it was very palpable and very much that was one of the reasons, whether subconscious or consciously, that I realized speed was the most important thing because I had to capture this right now 
I don't think I had anyone reach out to last minute gear, any of my customers reach out specifically and say, hey, how can we send you money? But I do、mm-hmm. know of stories where that was happening. I know that from a customer perspective, it can be, it can be sketchy to send things just straight to someone's Venmo account, right?、Yep. But then even with a GoFundMe, that takes time to create. Not every business owner has the time to do that when they're dealing with a million other things. And so very much I was like, okay, how do I capture this energy that people have, but also make it a somewhat of a two way transaction? So it seems、mm-hmm. more, more legitimate from them. They're getting something from the business、uh, down the line. And that was really how I thought about it. And, and it's funny because this quick and scrappy approach. It's even quicker and scrappier if you actually buy a gift card because、mm-hmm. at the back end, after you buy a gift card, so I send you an automated email. And then on the website, you never leave that landing page. The confirmation that you have successfully bought a gift card is literally a JavaScript alert,、mm-hmm. <laughs> which is、right. quite possibly like the worst UX, <laughs> UX best practice you can think of, you know, like never、yeah. use. Alerts for anything. But again, I was like, okay, like once someone's bought a gift card, I no longer, you know, like they've already trusted the site. And again, I'm going for speed here. I no longer need to have a really beautiful landing page that acknowledges your completion. I just need to, you know, tell them it, was, it went through. Yeah. 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 Makes sense.、Mm-hmm. So, yeah, how did it go? Like, what, what were the results or the uptake or how many gift cards did you sell、uh, or how many businesses did you help out? Yeah, so I think、um, there's a little bit over a dozen businesses on the platform, but I know that not everyone e n d up selling a gift card because, again, this isn't really a discovery platform for anyone.、Yeah. This is really, you have to go with your existing customers. And、uh, some of the businesses are newer, some of them didn't have like robust mailing lists to send out. But in total, we sold over $6,000 in gift cards.、Wow. Uh, and Last Minute Gear was not the top seller, which is really great. And, you know,、yeah. it's funny because, like, Obviously, like divided among you know, at least 10 businesses, that's, that's not a lot of money. And I acknowledge that this was just an attempt. But I think as a small business, you know, every business on that page, I believe, has like less than five people or something. I think there might be like、mm-hmm. one exception or two exceptions, but most of the businesses on that page are micro businesses.、Yep. And micro businesses, really, we just need any kind of help ASAP. It's definitely that, that notion that every little bit counts is absolutely true when you're a micro business. One thing you mentioned when we were chatting earlier is that the gift card rage has kind of died down a bit. Yeah.、Um, what's your kind of feeling of that? Or when did you start to, to get the sense that it's like, was it just like a news cycle? Or what, what, like, like how did it die down? Or what ways did it die down? So, first off, like, I, the pandemic has gone on for longer than I think anyone thought it would go on for, right? I think、yeah. in March, we had our shelter in place order for, like, I think it was two months or something like that. And I think、mm-hmm. people were like, okay, well, at the end of two months, it'll just be back to normal, right? I don't think people realize how long and how long and how long it would go for. And at some point, you know, you've bought all the gift cards that you want to buy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, it, it's true. It's like at some point, if you, if you are a consumer of this service, Uh, and if you are buying gift cards to support your businesses, at some point you've bought all the gift cards that you can buy. Because again, if your mindset is, oh, this will be over in a few months, you're going to upfront all your spending, right? You're going to say,、right. okay, I'm going to spend $1,000 on gift cards in March for all my favorite businesses, and then I'm done.、Yeah. And I think that's what happened for most people. You know, they, they, we had a ton of gift card purchases in April and May, and that slowly just died down. I think the last few came through in the fall. 
But then really there was no more after that because I think whatever appetite people had at that point was over. And not, not to mention at the same time, by then businesses were, were more allowed to operate in some capacity. So that right. support transition from, oh, I'm just going to buy gift cards to, okay, this business is available now. I'm going to start actually patronizing them on a regular basis. And I bet some businesses are kind of adapting to or changing. They, they've, they've now had more time to adapt right. to this. And create an offering that people can actually buy directly. Yeah. So what about like learnings from this project? What did you learn about, about this? Like, do you think it helped you become a, uh, a better small business operator or owner? Did you, did you learn some things about maybe about yourself or about um, how to more effectively run, run a business or yeah. even, you know, do you have any advice for others out there? I don't know. Like the thing I draw from this or one like piece of inspiration I draw from this is if you're inspired by an idea and you know, you spend a little bit of time thinking about it to make sure it makes sense or there's someone that would benefit from it, just go and run with it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need to stop worrying about the chaos and complexity of like, Oh, how do I do this in a perfect way? Or how do I do this in the right way? Yeah. I mean, I think that's very much the theme of, of kind of the conversation that we've had this duality where on the one hand, you're like, okay, I need to get an MVP out the window, a minimum viable product out the window, and I don't care what it looks like. And on the other hand, this tendency to say, oh, no, I want to make it really nice. I want to make it really perfect. It should be really clean. Uh, the UX should be really buttoned up. But as a developer, I feel that all the time. You know, like even, yep. even when I'm working on something on the back end for actual last-minute gear related to our systems and processes, there will be days. So right now, I, I will tell you, I'm, I'm working on uh, an inventory management optimization problem. Mm -hmm. And I worked on a potential solution for like a few weeks. I mean, uh, for, for me, keep in mind, I'm never working on anything full time. So it's always like, you know, like a few after hours, not going to stuff. So I worked yeah. on this one solution for a few weeks. And, you know, I took a few weeks off because I got really busy because we, we had to move the store because of the pandemic as well. And when I picked it back up, I was like, oh, did that make sense? I don't think that made sense. And I, yeah. I think there are specs that I can write that this solution just won't pass. And now I'm like, oh gosh, like I should just start over everything. You know, like <laughs> I'm at this point where like you, you reach the bottom, you're like, you know what? Tear the whole thing down. I'm going to rebuild last minute gear from scratch and make yeah. it perfect from the get go. Yeah. And, and that is a huge tendency that I notice. You know, it's like every time I, you know, cause occasionally we will outsource a specific chunk of development uh to a developer mm -hmm. and often there's this tendency where it's like you know what james will be so much easier if i just rewrite the whole thing but that is really often not the right answer because yeah. if you rewrite everything you know your um all the bug fixes you're, you're losing a history of bug fixes that like there's so many bugs that we have no control over as developers right like we can do all the planning and all the preparation and all the specs, but then there are just, like bug fixing is all about edge cases. And there are just some edge cases and exceptions that just don't cross anyone's mind until yeah. some random case comes up yep. and it happens and you patch it and it's great. And you're losing that entire history. Yeah. So for me, I, you know, like this was the ultimate exercise because I did it in a day in curbing all of those things. Yep. So if you, if you actually, uh, my, my commit messages are, are a mess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't doing anything in any rational order, but I left myself notes everywhere. So if I look at the mm -hmm. actual code for gift cards for small businesses, I mean, it's, it's not that many lines of code, but there's like lots of comments where it's like, oh, in theory, if I need to do this better, I'll leave myself a note. This is like the scrappy version, right? If I want to make it better, I should do X, Y, Z. So 
th- this duality is really strong. And I, and I think about companies, startups in San Francisco, this, it's very much like, am I in stealth mode, right? And like waiting to button everything up before I launch? Or do I literally right. send out uh, a landing page to folks and start collecting emails and that kind of stuff? Right. Yeah. It's challenging because I wish even after, you know, five years of doing this, I wish I could say that there was a formula to predict when one is better than the other. Yeah. Actually, I think every developer wants that, right? I think that would be like a holy right. grail for development. It's like, can you tell me, please, when I should get something out the door now versus really button it up? You know, I think for me, the context of this time was that it was about speed. And mm-hmm. I actually had to, and, and you know, I, I hope people are understanding of this, but I actually had to turn down offers of help on the technical side. Because, yeah. you know, one thing that I, that I told people who offered to help me with the code or to help me with the design is that the problem that I'm facing right now, the context right now, is it's not a technical challenge. Yep. Because of all these libraries, because Stripe exists, because Heroku exists, the challenge is how do I get this in front of as many customers as possible so that they can buy the gift cards? How do I get yep. this in front of other businesses to help them if they want a platform to sell gift cards for free without the processing fees? Yep. There is nothing technically challenging that I can't build personally. Um, yep. It's just I have to will myself almost to not build it because it's like it's just not it's just not worth the time. The one thing about this, another another UX no no, I'm sure, um, is that if you click on a business, it opens up a modal like a pop up window. Yep. They don't have a page, you know. Like literally, this is a landing page. Everything is an alert message or a pop up window. <laughs> yeah, it's like the true single page app for real. <laughs> it is. This is like this is yeah. like a UX nightmare, right? <laughs> um, but it was like I didn't need a, a, an architecture of pages. I didn't need all that, you know, complex functionality, and, and that's not something that's hard to build either. So I think it's just being really aware that that dichotomy exists. And paying really careful attention to the context. If there's one piece of advice I would say is I keep a decision logger where Mm. I write down milestone decisions. And it's not just in code. Most of it's in code, not going to lie. Like uh, the decision logger has different categories and subcategories. Most of the categories are related to code and development. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also have them in merchandising and how we set up the store, um, in inventory management and... um, in accounting and finance and all of these different categories. And every time I hit this major milestone decision, I will clearly write out the different options that I've considered. Uh, yep. Very, you know, MISI, mutual exclusive, collectively exhaustive set of options, pros yep. and cons of each option, and then why I decided why I decided. And I think that has been super helpful for me. It's super helpful whenever I hand off projects as well. Um, but the most important thing about that is a lot of times when time passes, I mean, I think people, we often think, oh, I'm going to remember this. You know, I'm going to remember exactly why <laughs> totally. I did this. No, no one ever remembers why, right? Yeah. I will look back at some, just the other day for the inventory piece, you know, like this was a few weeks that I stopped working on this, right? I look at it and I was like, wait, why did I decide to take this approach that ultimately is the one that I'm probably going to scrap? And then I look back at my notes because I have this decision locker and I was like, oh, right. Because in this case, I was optimizing for XYZ and not ABC. But now in hindsight, I realized that ABC was not the right thing to have optimized for. Yeah. And the one thing that that clarity helps provide is that it helps remove a lot of emotion, a lot of blame. I'm not as annoyed with myself as I otherwise would be for making a horrible decision because I know that the decision that I made at the time was well thought out and I had just picked the wrong set 
of things to optimize for, which given the information I had at the time seemed correct. Yeah, totally. You're being kind to to future James, future yes, self. Yes, and, and especially if anyone out there is like a one-person business or a sole proprietor uh, or has a really small team, there's such a tendency to skip it. There's such a tendency to not do that because you have so many other things. It, it's the exact same tendency, I feel, to not write a great commit message <laughs> because <laughs> I'm in a really big hurry and I'm like, oh, I will remember what this message means later and I never do. <laughs> you know. Or, or the other thing I realized is that like I let a lot of spelling errors persist in my commit messages which I actually realized is really horrible because sometimes I'm searching an old commit message for something, but I can't yep. find it because I spelled the word incorrectly or something like that, right? Um, so it's very much, it'll have a long-term benefit if you just invest like another second of time into doing it on the short term and the moment. Cool. Well, that is all the time we have for today for Kodish. But I really, uh, James, I really appreciate you joining us to share your story here. I think as I said a little bit earlier, like it's super inspirational to hear of like, you you had an idea, you kind of just sat down and you, and you just like pumped it out. You got yeah. it done and you made an impact to a community of people, a group of people, you know, it wasn't just helping your business. It wasn't just helping you. It was kind of a, had a broader positive impact in addition to helping you and, and your business. Yeah. It's super cool to see like the power of developers. Like we have this right. ability to build things. We can choose to build many different things and, right. and what we choose to build um, can, you know, either benefit our world and society in many ways or, or add negative effects to <laughs> our world and society. So yeah, yeah thanks for, for sharing some positive inspiration there. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Codish podcast. Codish is produced by Heroku, the easiest way to deploy, manage, and scale your applications in the cloud. If you would like to learn more about Codish or any of Heroku's podcasts, please visit heroku.com slash podcasts.